Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and I just... I just have to thank both of you guys for, uh, for you know, sharing this transition time as well. But Cynthia, I know you had, you had surgery on your foot, and you didn't let that keep you from doing this today. And I was, I, you know, I saw your name on it, and I thought, oh, no, you know, is it going to be okay? And, I, and it just blessed me to see you up here. So I appreciate your faith and, and just, just your, 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 your fortitude. You're just going to keep moving. God bless you. God bless you. Boy, I also have to thank Bobby and Hunter and Josh and Nick and, and Anthony as well, just because this morning I, I pulled a fast one on everybody. And uh, so, so they, they just like, they didn't know what was going to happen. It's like, okay, we're going to have fun. We're just going to do something different with worship today. And we did. So I want to thank you guys. Guys, thank you for being flexible and just doing a whole new worship set and all that kind of stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I want you to locate Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Easy to remember, Acts 16, 16. Find that in your Bibles and then hold your place there. I'm going to be preaching through a longer passage there in Acts chapter 16. So I'm going to come to it off and on throughout the service. And I just want you to stay locked in with that. But uh, over the past two Sundays, we've been talking about how God works uh, when we're plugged into the power source. Uh, yesterday was the Holy Spirit workshop, which was part of our theme for this month of, of the Holy Spirit. And I just, I just want to read a few little testimonies. There were a lot of testimonies that were, that were sent in. So I just pulled a few out this morning. Uh, one person says, I have new hope and bold humility. I know that I'm loved no matter what my past was. My spirit was refreshed. I have new peace and confirmation for the future. I was flooded with his peace and reminded him of, his, of my purpose. So interesting, so many people spoke about peace in their lives. I received a renewed sense of spirit and gratitude. I received a fresh anointing to do God's will. I was refreshed and refilled with the Holy Spirit. God healed my broken heart. The Holy Spirit overwhelmed and completely filled me. My hope is restored. I am refreshed. God filled me with faith, and I'm going to stand with my wife. I'm telling you what, yesterday was an amazing day here at City Life Church. God did some good stuff at Holy Spirit Workshop, and I'm really delighted with what he did. And today we're continuing with this theme on the Holy Spirit, and uh, I'm I've entitled this, this theme, or this, this sermon series, Plugging Into the Power Source, and today's the last message in this series, and my sermon title for today is one word, I've had one word titles all along, and this one is Alive, Alive. We're going to be examining what it means to be alive through the power of the Holy Spirit. It involves, uh, uh, just, it involves experiencing, but also maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which means you have to stay plugged into the power source. And 
We do this so that you can rise above your circumstances and so you won't give in to the, the circumstances of life and, their, and that ability because the circumstances of life has an ability to control your life. But, but we don't want to give in to that and the, the power of the Holy Spirit prevents that from happening if we activate it in our lives. And, uh, you know, the circumstances in your life, they can be just absolutely debilitating. Uh, you can just feel completely wiped out because of what's going on. But, uh, but, but I believe that when you're plugged into the power source, then you will have a supernatural ability to be an overcomer with your outlook and with your attitude. So my first challenge today is this, very simple. Refuse to allow life's circumstances to dictate your attitude and outlook. Just refuse because when you draw a line in the sand what you're doing is you're saying holy spirit i want your way and but 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 you have to understand this the only way you can sustain this is through the work of the holy spirit in fact one of the names of the holy spirit is actually helper he helps you any of you ever think boy i sure wish i had someone to help me you do you have the holy spirit he is your helper and he will strengthen you to simply not allow Allow what's happening around you to poison your attitude, to poison your positive outlook, uh, you know, especially when things just aren't going well. I mean, you could be experiencing a whole host of things, such as possibly the loss of your job. And, uh, and, and when that happens, you may not be able to have a right perspective in your life. And you could easily slink, uh, sink into depression. Um, you, it, could, it could just fuel some anger in your life. You may have this resentment toward your former employer. And, and then, then it can even evolve into envy, envy toward people who actually have jobs. And, and, and these things begin to rise up in you, and it, and it really begins to separate you from the goodness of God. And you start comparing yourself to other people, and, and, and this attitude can become horribly destructive, and the truth is, that can even prevent you, that attitude can prevent you from getting another job. So, so that's just a, a one example on why we need to have the Holy Spirit's life. You need to be alive in the power of the Holy Spirit, because things like this happen in life. You also might be experiencing a crumbling marriage, something that's just a marriage that's just dissolving right before your eyes. And without God's help, you can be controlled by anxiety and become very reactive. Another thing that you might even do is just begin to isolate yourself. And when you isolate yourself, you actually open yourself up to more and more of the temptations from hell. Some people just simply give up and refuse to even, even, even try anymore and say, I'm just going to move to the other side of the nation. I'm just going to start a new life. See, that's why we need the life of the Holy Spirit. We need his power to work through those t- uh, situations. I don't know what your situation is. It could be deteriorating health. It could just be loneliness. I, I don't know. And I don't mean to say just loneliness, but who knows what it is? You, you know what it is. You're not going to allow that stuff to control you because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And if you don't, you need to have that fullness of the Holy Spirit and remain plugged in so that you can continue on. So the challenge today is very simple, is to be alive with the Holy Spirit power. Be alive with Holy Spirit power. Now today we're going to take a look at two Christian leaders. These were 
missionaries in the uh, ancient Roman Empire. And uh, this is during the New Testament times. And what they were doing is, is they were going around planting churches. Uh, it's, it's a man by the name of Paul who, who actually authored uh, more books of the New Testament than any other author, as well as his traveling companion, who is Silas. And they were, they were going through the Roman Empire. They were, they were planting churches, setting up churches, and then they would come back and revisit them and, and strengthen them and encourage them and help to direct them in their, uh, in, in their efforts of building the church throughout the Roman Empire. Well, while they were doing this, they were establishing a church in the Roman uh, region or the area or province of Macedonia. And uh, and this is a this was in a town by the name of Philippi. In fact, later on, see they're just getting started here. Later on, Paul writes a letter back to that church in Philippi, and it's called Philippians. So now you see the some of the letters in the New Testament are written to these churches. That was years later that he wrote the letter, but now they're in Philippi and they are working to plant a church. So what they would do at that time when they would plant a church, they would find a group of Jews. Because Paul and Silas, they were, they were Jews, so, so they would find a, a group of Jews, and then they would come around them, and, and they would encourage them. Uh, if, a Jews, if the Jewish people did not have more than 10 men in the group, then they, they, were, they didn't have enough men to have their own synagogue or their own place of worship, so they would meet out at the river in the morning, wherever the uh, closest body of water was, that's where they would meet. And so they would come together for, uh, for prayers on the Sabbath, and, and, that's, and so, so they would find these Jewish believers and begin to talk to them. Actually, they weren't Jewish believers yet. They were just Jews. And so they would talk to them about the rebirth that Jesus can give them. And, and they would start churches that's the way. That, that's what they were doing. Well, Paul and Silas, they were doing this ministry under the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I talked about that last week because they were plugged into the power source. They had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they were sent by God to go out into all of these nations and to do extraordinary works. I mean, they were, they were working miracles, planting churches. It was just, it was incredibly difficult work, but it was incredibly powerful work that they were doing. But they had the power of God working in them. And, uh, and one of the, 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 the ways that they used this power was through something that we call deliverance. And it's, a, it's an actually a ministry that, that God's people have. A deliverance is basically this. It's loving a person enough to not want a, a demonic stronghold or an evil spirit that is attached to them to, to remain there. And so you, you drive it out in the name of Jesus. Well, that is actually what happened one day uh, when they were going to the river. They were on their way to the river to meet with the, uh, the, Jewish, the Jewish people there, and on their way out there, something happened. Okay, now take a look at it in Acts 16, 16. I want you to see the entire narrative here. It says, once when they were going to the place of prayer, they were met by a female slave who had a spirit, and this is, it would have been a demon, okay? This is a demonic spirit. A, a demon spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, it sounds like she was doing God's work, but she wasn't. She, it, was, it was actually, it was a mocking thing, and it was, it was a, it was a, a horrible manifestation of evil that was happening there. And she says she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, so he addressed the spirit, not the woman. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. 
at that moment, the spirit, the demon spirit, left her. Now, I want to pause and talk about this for just a second because this sets up a chain of events here. Uh, so we, we know now that today, in today's culture, a person who is involved in fortune telling is actually, we, we call those psychics around here. And they use, uh, they use demonic power. They use satanic power to do so. Now, I want to address this and say that is something that is very real and it is extremely dangerous to ever participate in. Uh, there, what it does, it will open you up to curses from hell. It will open you up to demonic activity in your life uh, when, you, when you involve yourself in any kind of fortune telling, seeing psychics and those things. Believers have no business doing that. You, you don't. And if you've ever done that, it is important that you confess that before the Lord and say, God, forgive me. You just ask God, God, forgive me for my involvement in the occult or my involvement with, with psychics or whatever. And God, forgive me and please release me from any, any curse that may be attached to me as a result of that. Because that is a way that Satan comes in and puts a, puts a hook into people. Well, back to, the, back to the story, what it was happening here, Paul saw this woman, and, and he was really overcome with grief, and, and, and he also saw that she was being driven by an evil spirit, and so he turned around to her, and through the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus, he drove out the demon, the evil spirit. So Paul was alive with Holy Spirit love and Holy Spirit power, and he actually met the spiritual needs of that woman that day. She was set free from spiritual bondage that had been controlling her life. And I believe God also wants you to be alive with Holy Spirit power because God wants to work through you to minister to hurting people as well. And, and you might say, well, where, where do I do this? Well, you just look around. Hurting people are everywhere. There are people who need ministry all over. And just, just, just see them and see who's hurting and then give them a touch from God in the name of Jesus and bless people. You see, if you have the life and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit in you, then it is very essential that you release it to touch someone else. You need to let the power of God flow out of you and don't be afraid to do it. Don't be afraid. Be bold. Now, Paul, uh, the, the, the one who's one of the guys who's in this story, he writes this letter to Timothy, which is a person that, uh, a young minister that he had, uh, he had discipled. And he write these, writes these words to him, and they're found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. I want to just look at these words. He says to them, Kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Hold, keep that there for just a second. See, now, what happened is Paul laid his hands on Timothy, and when he did, the, this, this gift of God, which is the power, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it came upon him. But he's telling him, you need to kindle it afresh. That means other, other versions of the Bible might say, fan into flame, blow on the embers. Like there's, there's a fire that's there, there's life that's there, but it needs to be activated. There needs to be some wind, there needs to be some activation. And that's one of the things I want to challenge you with as well today. Because you may have the, the, the Holy Spirit in you, but there needs to be a fresh wind that comes up on you. And 
and, but it is up to you to do that. God's not going to do that on his own. You need to kindle it afresh. God, I want more. Now, the ways we do that is through worship and through prayer and even saying, God, just pour your spirit out upon me and into me. Keep those prayers going because that keeps you plugged into the power source. Basically, kind of a, a little translation of this using my lingo today. He, he's saying, he's, he's telling Timothy, Plug yourself back into the power source, Timothy. Get, pl- get, get plugged in. You already have this in you, but get plugged in. Keep that power moving through you. And then he goes on to say this. He said, for God has not given us a spirit. So we know we're talking about spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. But God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Hear me well. The Holy Spirit is not timid. There's nothing about the Holy Spirit being timid. So when the Holy Spirit is in you, timidity doesn't have to stay either. You might say, I'm a shy person. Well, fine, you can be a shy person. But I tell you what, when the Holy Spirit starts working through you, that timidity has to go, all right? It has to go. So God has not given you or me or him or anyone, it's us. He's not given us a spirit of timidity, but the Holy Spirit is, has this threefold power. He says, but it is a power, love, and discipline. Power, love, and discipline. Let's break this down because I want you to see what actually is happening in you. This is the spirit that comes to dwell in you. Threefold here. First of all, power. I talked about that last week. That term that, that, uh, that Paul used there to Timothy was, again, that term dunamis, which is a resident force, and so it dwells in you, uh, or miraculous power that flows out from the inside of an individual. So it's something that dwells in you. It's this indwelling potency, this power of the Holy Spirit, and it flows out of you to help other people, to minister to other people, to see other people set free, to expect miracles to happen so that other people can be healed, so that other people can can be delivered, so that other people can come to Christ, so that other people can be in heaven and enjoy eternal life. But it's also a spirit of love. That word love is is the Greek term agape, and it is a supernatural love. It's not a natural love. It is a supernatural love of choice where you're gonna choose to love someone. You know what agape does? It allows you to love someone you don't even like. The Bible says nowhere that you're supposed to like everyone. That's not even possible. You, you can't. You might even be sitting here and it's like, yeah, on the other side of that building there's someone I don't like. All right. But you still need to love them. You know, how do I do that? That is through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit has filled you up, then love can flow out of you toward even people you don't like. Now that is supernatural. That's God. That's power right there. But it's a choice. You actually make the choice supernaturally to engage that love. So God's not giving you a spirit of timidity, but of dunamis, that power, that indwelling power, and love, which is that agape. And the third one is discipline, or another way that it's spoken in the scriptures is a sound mind. And that means the definition for that is having discipline. It is sobriety. It means being non-reactive. It's about being teachable. It's about having self control. 
That's what it means to be this, this discipline. It's not something you psych yourself up to do. Some versions of the Bible have the terminology self-discipline, and I respect it, but I don't agree with it because it's not something you can do on your own. It's not self that makes that happen. Uh, it, there, there's no course you can go through to do this. This is the Holy Spirit that does this supernaturally because when you don't have discipline, when you don't have sobriety of heart and, and you can't figure out what's going on, when you're reacting, when you're unteachable, when, when you're, you're out of control, the Holy Spirit through this can actually bring this about in your life. That right there is an answer to so many of your problems right there if you'll activate that. That's why we stay plugged into the Holy Spirit. So these, these three qualities of the Holy Spirit, they abide within a person who is plugged into the power source and who's alive with the Holy Spirit. Power, love, and discipline, it helps you to live supernaturally. It helps you to overcome all of the junk that you face in life. And the truth is, we need all three. We need all three. I know some say, well, I just need love. Well, yeah, that's where it all starts, but there's, you need those other two. You need that power, and you need that, that discipline, that sound mind. Now, Paul and Silas, they had this operating in their lives. It was operating. It was functioning. You already saw the, the power aspect happening there, but these other as aspects engage as we go through this story, and you're going to see how this works here in just a second because things are about ready to take a negative turn for them, just like things take a negative turn for you because you can, you can even use the power of God to heal people and set people free, and the next day everything may be falling apart in your life. So here's my little quote. Being alive with Holy Spirit power, does not forego rough roads. It doesn't. It it doesn't matter how full of the Holy Spirit that you are. It doesn't matter how godly you are. Tough times are going to come. It's going to happen. It came for Paul and Silas, as you're about ready to see. But God... God actually gives you victory. Now, I've heard people say this. Well, if you're a Christian, and if God's really working in your life, and you guys are all about having victory and everything, then, then why did these bad things happen to you? Well, hear me well. You can't have victory unless there's a battle, right? You know, there's no such thing as victory. Like, oh, man, I am victorious. That means you've been through some battles. Well, I'm going to come through this battle victorious. See, that's what the Holy Spirit takes us through. That's how he works in our lives. So the battle has to happen. Some of you are in some battles right now. It's tense and it's tough. You don't know what you're gonna, how you're going to get through it, but you will have victory as you're plugged into the power source regardless of how bad things look. So this is what was happening with him. Okay, look in verse 19 of Acts 16. We're going to follow along on the story a little bit longer. It says, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them. Now that's all of a sudden things are going bad. <laughs> they dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And so this was, this was persecution. They were taking them before the government and they were persecuting them. And this is something that's growing in our nation right now. We're seeing this growing and expanding. This is why the, the New Testament is going to become more and more real to us in the days ahead because the things that they faced in the New Testament are the things we are beginning to face here in our land and will continue to face. We don't have to be afraid of them. We have the tools and the resources and the anointing to deal with it through the scriptures and the power of God. All right, let's just 
just join back in. It says the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. So it's inciting a riot, basically. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. But when he received, excuse me, there's not about there. When he received these orders, he put them into an inner cell, like right in the middle, and fastened their feet in the stocks. So think about this. What did Paul and Silas do wrong? Nothing, nothing. These businessmen who were profiting off of these demonic, psychic powers operating through this woman, they, they weren't going to be able to make money anymore. And so much of the evil in the world, you know how the scripture says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil? Well, it doesn't say money is evil, but when you love it, it's the root of all kinds of evil. And that's what was happening here. So this evil rises up against these, these men, up against Paul and Silas. So they dragged them to the magistrates of Philippi, and they were publicly stripped of their clothing, and they were beaten with rods. And I've read about that, and it's, it's very, very painful from what I read, and they were, they were put into prison. They were put into a cell where there were no windows. They were fastened into stocks, and this is a very bad situation. They're stuck, and jails of that time did not look like the jails of today because they would typically be underground, which helps to create walls so people can't bust out too easy, so it's not like, not like some jail where they're holding at the bars at the window yelling out to their neighbors and friends. That's, that's not what it would have looked like. It would have been a stinky, nasty, dirty, filthy, dark place. So at this point, I would have to say Paul and Silas were having a bad day. Would you not agree with me on that? Now, I don't know if you've had a day like that. You may have had a day when something similar happened to you, but probably not for doing God's work and for doing ministry. So, so it just, everything had just kind of flipped on them there. And, and, and they had brought spiritual freedom to someone, and now here they are stuck. They've been beaten. They're in pain. They're, they're stuck in, in prison. Where do they go? Where do they go? They're having a lousy day. And you also have your unfair share of lousy circumstances as well. I know it. I know it. I know too many of your stories. I know it. I know it. But see, God's power helps you to get through these things when you're plugged into the power source because he will make you alive with Holy Spirit power to move through. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter, chapter 4, verse 7, Paul explains it this way. Listen, this is beautiful of how the Holy Spirit works on us. He says, we have this treasure, which is the Holy Spirit. We have this treasure in jars of clay. What are, it doesn't literally mean clay pottery. That's like He's referring to our bodies as being like pottery. We are jars of clay, and the Holy Spirit is in us. Isn't that a cool illustration right there? He says, we have this treasure, the Holy Spirit, in jars of clay, which is our bodies, to show that this all-surpassing power, means nothing can compare to what's in here, is from God, and it's not from us. Like, there's no way I could have this kind of power. There's no way it's God in this jar of clay. And he explains the stress of life that he and his traveling companions had been through. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. So if you can understand these words right now. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but we're not destroyed. 
we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. They're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. For, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. That means Jesus said that we'll face things like this in life. And so, but it's the life of God, that, 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 that power that just keeps flowing through us, his love, his life, his power that just keeps flowing through us, that keeps us going. It says, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. What was the life of Jesus? What caused Jesus to come to life? What caused Jesus to do miracles? It was the power of the Holy Spirit working in him. So, all kinds of things might be swirling around in your life, but through this dunamis, this indwelling power of the Holy Spirit in these jars of clay, our bodies, you're not in despair, you're not abandoned, and you're not destroyed. And why? It is so that the life of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, can be revealed through you to other people because people are watching you. And you're going to be able to set an example. You're going to be able to even show how you can overcome and have victory. So how do you respond when things are going crazy in your life or all around you? Well, one of the best ways is to respond with prayer and praise. That's why I am big on prayer and praise. I believe in it. And you might say, well, Pastor Tim, that's such an easy answer. Like, you, you always say that. We're supposed to praise God and pray. Okay, praise God and pray. That's it. Give me, give me something else to do. Tell, tell me that I have to read some books. Or tell me that I have to go take a course. Or, and it's like, why are you making it so difficult on yourself? No, it's very simple. Prayer and praise. What that does is that that is a very significant key to releasing and maintaining this power of God in your life, keeping you plugged into the power source. And that's what Paul and Silas did. Take a look at verse number 25 in your Bibles. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying (laughs) and they were singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, imagine this. Imagine this. Totally dark, locked up, and you know their bodies were in pain. Their bodies were in pain. And I don't know what it's like to be locked up in stocks, but I, I, I can guarantee it is not a pleasant thing. And they're stuck. And that pain, they can't even go to sleep. Like, well, what are we going to do? We can't go to sleep. We're in pain. This is horrible. We're all dirty and filthy and stuck in this nasty place. It stinks. What are we going to do? Let's just pray. God, God, just bring us deliverance. God, be with us. God, help us. Oh, Lord, we love you. Oh, Lord, I love you. You're a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. They just start worshiping God and worshiping the Lord. And the other prisoners, they're like, going, what's wrong with them? Because the other prisoners now can't sleep because they can hear these guys praying and singing. It, was, it had to be a hilarious sight there. But you see, when you worship and when you pray to God, what happens is your environment begins to shift. The pressure of the moment now comes into a godly perspective. Anthony, I want you to, to bring up this case of, of Ozarka. How many of you love Ozarka water? Man, it is my favorite water from Texas. There are three of you. All right, well, well Anthony, lift this up over your head. Now, now this, this wonderful case of Ozarka water, just hold it there for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> you can do this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but I don't know. <laughs> all right, at a certain point, he's going to have to give up, and he's going to have to put it down. Why? It's because he is holding this water up, <laughs> see, in an atmosphere of air. You can go ahead and set it down, all right? Just, just leave it right here. All right, Anthony, you, you can go ahead. You can go back off the platform. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Give, give him a big hand. He did good. All right. 
but he was holding the water in this atmosphere of air. Now, do you realize you could take the same case of water and get into a swimming pool on a nice, hot Texas July day, and you can take this case of water, go underwater, go under, and lift it above your head, and it's weightless. There's no weight to it at all. Why? It's because you've shifted the atmosphere. You've ch- you're no longer in that same atmosphere. You're in a different atmosphere. You've changed the atmosphere. Now, what would have been weighing down on you, burdening you, stressing you out, now is weightless. It's weightless. You see, that's what prayer and praise does. It, it, it allows this, it just allows everything to feel so much lighter at the very beginning of the service. And you came in, you, you were here for the pre-service prayer time, which is always powerful. And, and then you were here for the time of worship and you just felt things lifting off of you. you. You found yourself forgetting about some of the stuff that you were stressed about when you came in. Now don't take it back. Don't start thinking about it again, all right? Some of you are like, oh yeah, that's right. No, no, don't go back to it. Stay in this, see, because you're in a different atmosphere right now. It's not weighing on you. It's not burdening you. See, that's what it means to be plugged into the power source. And, and, uh, and it, you have the power to change the atmosphere through your worship and your praise. And that's what Paul and Silas did. In fact, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it's going to help you to even to maintain and to increase the praise and the prayers in your life. It will help you. It'll fill you with joy. It'll fill you with peace. And I will tell you, honestly, prayer and praise are staples of my, of my spiritual diet. They're, they are essentials. I do not go a day without spending time in prayer and in worship and praise to God. And it's, it's because it's just a normal thing. I don't even think about it. It's simply part of my day. It's part of my rhythm. It's part of who I am. If you hang around me 24-7, you're going to hear me sing. Like sometimes Rebecca will say, what are you saying? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just worshiping. I'm sorry. I'm just praying. I, you know how that happens all the time. Did you say something? No, I was talking to God. Well, okay, keep talking to him. And, and I, I try not to do that in public too much because people will really think I'm weird. She knows I am anyway. But, but I'm just going to keep worshiping me. I'm going to keep the praise going. And uh, somebody was talking to me yesterday about, about praying praying, and I can't remember who it was, but say, yeah, sometimes I'll just, I'll just pray in the Spirit when I'm driving my car, and, and, uh, and i just just worshiping God and praying, praying to God. So sometimes I drive up to a stoplight, I think, what are the people thinking about me? Oh, they're probably thinking I'm singing a song. Okay, I'm just going to keep on going, and, and you do. But, but see, keeping those things alive in you keeps that lighter. It does. It does. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you. Fill. Okay, so we're talking now about the work of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit also does in our lives. So that you will overflow with hope. Some of you say, I just need some hope. Oh, if you could have seen so many people on their testimonies yesterday, they said, I now have hope. I now have hope. I didn't even preach about hope. I said, I don't even know if that word was even in, my, in the messages or anything like that. But so many people left, left here saying, I now feel new hope. I'm overflowing with hope. Well, here it is. Here's why. <laughs> I love this. Overflow with hope by the power of what? The Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, you need the Holy Spirit in the midst of your crazy circumstances, and that's what God's supernatural power is working through you. In fact, God may take those circumstances, and he might turn them totally around. He may not. You're going to come out victorious one way or another, but God works things out. Now, I want you to look in verse 26 of Acts 16. Come on, look at this next part, because you're going to get to see a blessing that was sent to Paul and Silas, but it didn't look like a blessing at first. So they're praising, they're worshiping, they're praying in the middle of their battle. Look at verse 26. Suddenly, there was a violent midnight, because we know what time it was, violent earthquake. This is not a little tremor. I've experienced those before, uh, but this was a violent earthquake (laughs) that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. Now, they probably stopped the singing for a second, like, oh, wait, we don't know what's going on here. We don't know what's happening here. This is, okay. So things were not looking better. Things were looking worse, but it was actually God moving. And I will just, just know this very, very, very important point. When things start to look worse, it might actually be that God's doing something to bless you in the middle of this. Because look at it. Violent earthquake. Foundations of the prison were shaken. And all at once, the, all at once, in synchronized timing, all the prison doors flew open. And everybody's chains came loose. I would say that is an amazing uh, blessing. And a close reading of this verse, you're going to see that not only were the prison doors open for Paul and for Silas, but they were open for everyone else. Not only did the chains fall off of Paul and Silas, but they fell off of everybody else. You see, they were in an atmosphere of the Spirit, and they, have called, they changed the atmosphere in that prison, and God brought release and blessing not only to them, but everybody else who was in that place. And you might be here today, you might not be a participator, you might be be. Some like, I don't even know. I've just been sitting here watching and listening. But see, you're going to get a little bit of the blessing as well because of what God is doing in this place. So they have received this blessing, which takes me to the next point, is you need to use the blessing that God gives you to help others, to impact the needs of others, people around you. See, blessing from God, it is not just to make you feel better. It's not just to make you happier. It's not just to take care of your immediate needs. Blessing from God, what it does, sure you get the, the personal benefits of it, but blessing from God is for you to also share and to release and to give to others and in whatever way. I believe that if you only hold on to the blessing from God and you do nothing with it, you actually begin to short circuit the power of God. Because you're a taker, a taker, a taker, a taker. And God says, well, I give, I'm blessing you so that you can bless others. I mean, that's the promise to Abraham. I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. We are the seed of Abraham. So what are you doing with the blessings? Even they may, you say, but I don't have many. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If you're following in the ways of God, you do. What are you going to do to release that? Okay, now look at verse 27. We're going to see how they dealt with the blessing. It says, the jailer broke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. So we almost had a suicide here because he thought the prisoners had escaped because he would have been, been tortured and impaled. It would have been bad, 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 bad for him if the prisoners had got out. It's like easier just to kill myself. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, and it, it was not a light switch, okay? You know, it's like it's torches, so you got to say, imagine the same, okay, oh, I need lights. So they got to get some torches ready, and, and the, the, all the guards come in with torches. It would have been an amazing sight. I just envisioned that over and over. It may not mean anything to you. I thought it was cool. All right, so 
It said, uh, the, the jailer called for torches, and they rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see, he saw the power of God working in their life, and now all of a sudden he's wanting to give his life to Christ. And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. So wait a minute, now they're going over to the dude's house. That's pretty awesome. So, so not only did Paul and Silas get this blessing for their own pleasure, but they used it to touch the jailer and his family, giving them the plan of salvation and leading his entire family to Jesus. That's pretty awesome. Less people in hell, more people in heaven. And I believe that as you continue staying plugged into the power source, that dunamis power and that love and that, that sound mind, that discipline, that, that begins to flow through you, God is going to bless you. He's going to bless others and miracles are going to keep happening around you. Okay, look at verse 33. It says, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and then immediately he and all of his family were baptized. I talked about this yesterday, uh, you know, off and on, but we see that water baptism is always tied in with the release of the presence of God in your life. And I, I know they talked about it earlier, but if you've not yet been baptized in water or it's not meaningfully baptized, it didn't mean anything to you, I want you to, to let us know. In fact, there's a place on the app. I didn't, I'm not trying to do a commercial. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's a commercial for good things. We're not asking for anything. We're not asking for your money. You know, commercials, why did I call it a commercial? Because a commercial is where you're saying, if you give me all this money, I'll give you this product. You know what I'm saying? We want to baptize you in water. So just, this is not a commercial, but on the app it says, uh, there's that little uh, icon on the app of, of uh, Water Sunday, whatever we're calling it, Super Splash Sunday, Fill the Tank Sunday. Okay, Super Splash Sunday, that is not what it is. <laughs> now when that's in my head, I'm probably going to keep calling it that all the time. Oh, my way. Remember when we used to don't have water baptism out at your guy's house? Wasn't that so much fun? Such a, such a blast. But, uh, yeah, water baptism. I don't even know where I am. Okay, at that hour... The jailer took them, washed their wounds. Immediately, he and his family were all baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, and he set a meal before them. They hadn't eaten. He gives them some food. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. So you're continuing to see the results of being plugged into the power source. And the jailer even took time to wash out their wounds. That's, you know, that's, as you keep reading, you'll see that he washed out their wounds. Their wounds hadn't even been cleaned, and he did that for them. Paul, met, Paul and Silas had met their needs again by baptizing them. The, the jailer gave them this dinner. His heart was filled with joy. There's this crazy, awesome atmosphere. But it only happened because of three things. First of all, Paul and Silas maintained and they utilized the fullness of the Holy Spirit plugged into the power source. They were alive in the Holy Spirit. The second thing that they did was they chose to rise above their circumstances by worshiping and praising in the middle of horrible circumstances. And the third thing that happened is they chose to use the blessings of God that was on them as just being out of the chains as an opportunity to impact some other people's lives. And then they got blessed back again in return. Do you want that? Do you want to have this? I do. I do. I want this in my life. I want this in my life. I believe you do as well. First of all, 
If you've not accepted Christ into your life, just like the jailer and his family, you need to do that. Ask God to forgive your sin. That's the first step toward this. So I'm just going to take this second, this moment right now, just to ask if there's anybody in here who needs a release of the Holy Spirit in their life. You need the power of God to come into you through salvation to wash away your sin, to wash away your iniquity, and to set you free from your guilt and your shame and your condemnation. Some of you, you just the, the sin, you're just carrying that sin with you. You're carrying the guilt, you're carrying the shame, you're carrying the condemnation, and need to be set free from it. If that's you, you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray for you. So at the count of three, when I count to three, just lift your hand for me so that I can see it. And then we're going to pray together. So we just, everyone in this room, lock yourself in with God right now. Examine your heart. Do you need Jesus today? Do you need the blood of Jesus to wash away your sin? And, and if that's you, lift your hand at the count of three so I can connect my faith with you. And we're going to pray together. One, two, three. Lift your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. God bless you. Put your hands down. Will you now pray this prayer with me? Pray this prayer with me. In fact, church, pray this prayer with those who are praying it right now. And I just pray for uh, encouragement and strength to be in your life as well. Dear Jesus, I come to you a sinner and ask you to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me from my unrighteousness. I'm calling on your name. And I declare that you are Lord of my life. I choose to be saved by the power of your blood. I make the choice today to turn from my past and direct my life in a new direction. Thank you for putting your spirit in me. Now do now begin a new work in my life. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. The result of that, according to what we just read, is joy. It's joy, joy. All that junk is gone. Jesus cannot even remember that you've ever sinned. And he looks at you, he's like, oh, that, that, that dude's never sinned before. <laughs> that lady, she's, she's never sinned. Don't know how she made it that far, but wow, look at that. Isn't that awesome? That's how God sees you. That's how God sees you right now. But I also want to pray for you just to be full of the grace and the power and the life of God. So will you just stand all across this room? And guys, we're going to change our agenda just a little bit from what we have planned, okay? But here's what I'm going to do right now. I'm just going to ask that you just receive this prayer. We're going to receive this prayer, and I want you to walk out of here continuing to ask for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, continuing to ask for the grace of God. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, every man and every woman, every child, every individual who's here. 
I pray for just a new fullness of your spirit, a new life of the spirit of God, a new presence of God flooding over lives and homes and families. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will come and that you will fill us all up with your presence. Fill us with your glory, God. We don't want to remain where we are. We want to advance forward in the power and the strength and the anointing of God. I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. John, I want you to come. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.